Hey everyone, and welcome to the In the Weeds podcast. I'm your host, Ben. While I'm best known for my knowledge of golf club fitting, golf equipment, and instruction, nothing related to golf will be out of bounds. Grab a wedge, an extra ball, and a scythe, because we're getting in the weeds. What is up, compatriots? Welcome back. Welcome back again. This is your host, Ben. And get ready and buckle up for episode four of the In the Weeds podcast. Thank you so much for joining. And if this is your first time, welcome in. I know you are going to enjoy it. You're certainly going to learn something, and I hope that I make it entertaining for you along the way. Uh, this again is episode four, and today we are going to be going over golf grips as part of a three-episode foundation-laying series on golf equipment. So if you uh, need a little refresher, I'd highly recommend going back and checking out the other uh, episodes as well, where I go over shafts and club heads. And essentially what this session is going to be all about is not getting into the nitty gritty yet, but it's going to be building the foundation and the knowledge base so we can get into the weeds later on. So with grips, for example, I'm not going to necessarily tell you all about the performance characteristics and the origin story of different materials and such and such, but I will tell you what they are and why it is this way and what everything is named. Again, we'll be able to have much higher level conversations later on once we have that foundation laid. So as I always say, you can't go to seventh grade until you've passed third grade. So, And you've got to pass sixth grade too. So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, in order to have really cool and, and enlightening conversations later on, we need to start small and I need to make sure everyone is on the same page. So again, we're going to be talking about golf grips today. And then later on with the next episode, we're going to start diving into some golf club fitting, which is really cool. I'm going to sort of go high level there as well, but uh, look for that in the future. So uh, you can also find the podcast on Anchor, Google, Spotify, the website, and I'm also working on Apple and posting it on Apple as well. So obviously, if you're listening to this, you found it somewhere, but if you do have a preference for some kind of an app, it is on any of those platforms. I just listed Anchor, Google, Spotify, and my website, Vanquish Golf Works. If you do love the show, please leave a comment or a review subscribe or hit the like or whatever the platform requires. It's going to be really awesome to help me grow and improve the podcast into the future. So again, if you think it's good, or if you have a uh, critical review for me, or there's something that you want to see, or you want to be a guest host or uh, guest on the podcast in the future, let me know. That'd be pretty sweet. So check it out. And thank you so much. So again, I sort of went into it already, but in today's episode, we are going to go on to golf grips. So without any further ado, let's dive in, people. 
All right, so as per usual, let's just go over literally the names of all the different pieces so you know what to call stuff and you know what I'm talking about when I start referring to things. Uh, golf carts are way simpler than club heads and even simpler than shafts, if you can imagine that. Uh, literally, there's really only one named part that has a special name, and that is the end of the grip, the closed end of the grip that fits over the club and becomes the end of the golf club itself, on the grip end at least. And that is referred to as the butt cap. So if you remember with shafts, the end of the shaft that does not connect to the club head, it is called the butt. So the end of the grip that goes over the butt is called the butt cap. Wow, pretty, pretty amazing, pretty creative for that name, isn't it? Uh, so that is really the only part that is named. Everything else, just the middle or the end or the inside or anything like that, uh, you can kind of refer to any of the other parts as whatever you want to refer to them as, and people will know what you're talking about. There is no specialty names. You know, there's no uh, groove or sole or crown or any of that stuff, just like there is on club heads. Um, it's pretty simple. So that's takes care of that pretty easy. Uh I think the most important one that I'll hit on first is going to be different grip sizes. So uh, again, we can talk all day about different grip sizes and why you would play different grip sizes and how to get fit and what it's going to do to performance, but that's not why we're here today. Uh, I just want to let you know that generally speaking, there are four or five accepted or sort of standardized grip sizes. Uh, they are actually more standardized than almost everything else that we've talked about, which is great. So if you get a, get one size from one company, uh, it's generally going to be about the same compared to another company's. So um, we have the following grip sizes. Undersize or junior, which is the smallest. You often find those on like stock ladies or women's clubs as well. And then you have standard, midsize is the next one up after that, and then oversize. And generally, they don't make anything bigger than oversize unless you're talking about like putter grips. So um, certain putter grips do get kind of massive and huge. Um, and really, those are the only exceptions to that rule. So again, undersize is the smallest, standard after that, which is probably like, I don't know, 70% of the market is standard, uh, midsize and oversize. And you can figure out what the different sizes of each grip are by looking on the flat end of the butt cap. Typically, the size of the grip is almost always labeled on there. So before you go and you buy them and you do a DIY project, uh, you know, you pick up the grips from PJ Tour Superstore or whatever it is, make sure that you check the butt cap of the grip to make sure that you're not buying the wrong size because that has definitely happened to almost everyone that I've ever played golf with. So uh, maybe a little PSA there to potentially save you some time and money. Uh, ribbed grips are another pretty cool one. So uh, imagine that you took a, a string or if you took a piece of tape and you rolled it between your fingers and you created a long snake 
and then you took that thing and you slapped it on the bottom of the grip or uh, on any part of the grip, it is going to leave sort of a visible or a bump that you'll be able to feel when you put the grip over top of that. So that is essentially what a ribbed grip is and what it's supposed to emulate. So a rib grip has an extra ridge of like physically thicker material and it is almost always on the underside of the grip on the opposite side of wherever the branding or the labeling is. And uh, essentially it is like that rolled up piece of tape and it just creates an extra ridge that can help players potentially identify uh, where the grip is oriented or how the club face is oriented. So um, again, this is sort of a feel thing and definitely a preference. Uh, You'll hear me say that a lot today when we talk about grips. Uh, Grips, a lot of this is preference. It's not nearly as impactful as a shaft or as a club head is. Uh, So Rip grips are purely preference, and while they may help some people perform better, there isn't anything that has backed that up to say that that is 100% a thing. But check them out, see what you think, and potentially, uh, like a good example of a rib grip would be the new um, Golf Pride Align grips. Anything that has the word align on it now from Golf Pride, those are all essentially ribbed grips just with a visual technology. Uh, there's a lot of ribbed grips as well that aren't visual, so you have to be very careful. <laughs> so, Otherwise, every other grip uh, is not ribbed, and they are consistent all the way around 360 with the same thickness. So, This is probably the biggest one and the most impactful one here, uh, maybe apart from the size, and that is grip weight. So uh, all grips are measured in grams, and almost every single grip is going to have a different weight. Uh, You'll even see grips that are different colors within the same model that have different weights because they're using different dyes and different processes to make these things different colors. Sometimes they end up being different weights. And so while it may not seem like a lot, two or three grams, uh, you know, may be enough to throw off someone that is especially particular. Uh, But even bigger than that, there are some grips, for example, like uh, a Tour Velvet grip is around 45 or 50 grams, if I remember right. And while doing some research for this thing, I also found another grip from a company called Win with two N's, W-I-N-N, and they make synthetic leather grips. And those grips were about 23 grams, at least the one that I saw. So it makes a pretty big difference. 20 grams uh, is going to really change the swing weight of your golf club. So again, we covered swing weight in a previous episode. So if you need that guy, either check out the podcast notes where I explained it there, or just check out and listen to the podcast on shafts. Uh, But again, the swing weight, just for a quick refresher, is the overall balance or feel on how heavy the head is of the club. So if you have a really heavy grip, it's going to remove a lot of the heaviness or the weightiness of the head of the club. And if you put a really light grip on there, then all of a sudden the head's going to feel a lot heavier too. It's all about that balance. So uh, be very careful with grip weights as they do vary uh, quite significantly sometimes. Um, And 
as you change in size as well, you are typically going to get heavier too. So a lot of people make that mistake as well. So another uh, PSA, you know, oh, I just decided to change grips and I like this thicker one and they didn't really realize the implications of it. The, uh, you know, the standard size, which is what they maybe played before is 50 grams and then the midsize is 58 grams. And while that seems pretty insignificant, they put them on and they realize that the head feels weird all of a sudden. And then they can't get used to it. Well, that's because the swing weight has changed because you essentially counterbalanced your golf club by putting a heavier grip on the end of it. So uh, take that for what it's worth. That is sort of something that you'll have to feel for yourself and just determine for yourself if it's a big deal or not. But if you are going to go with uh, some oversized or some enlarged grips apart from a standard Every golf club is designed to basically have a standard grip on it. So if you go outside of that, um, pay attention to the swing weight. All right, so let's just take a short break here. And during this short break, I'm going to take the opportunity to tell you about Vanquish Golf Works. So Vanquish Golf Works is not only where you will be able to find the home of this podcast, the In the Weeds podcast, but it is also a golf products company, which I have started. And so we currently have for sale some really cool hats and shirts, all which are made out of performance apparel. And the T-shirts are made with some really cool graphic uh, golf theme designs, which I've worked on myself. And also some hats, which are very tour-esque, if you will. You'll look very schnazzy out on the golf course. But my main product is going to be A-Line. And so A-Line is a golf alignment and setup training aid. And so it fits really well with this podcast. And I wanted to take a chance to let you know about A-Line. So A-Line, again, is a setup and alignment training aid, which is going to help you build that solid foundation from the ground up. Every swing starts at the setup, and with A-Line, you will have an alignment and setup reference that will get you into the perfect spot every single time. So when you get out onto the golf course, there is no guessing, and you are rip-roaring and ready to go. So with A-Line, you'll know where you are, so you'll know where it's going. So now let's get back to the podcast and keep rolling. But again, Vanquish Golf Works is my setup company. And that is where you can find A-Line and this podcast. So let's get back to the show. Boom, boom, skaboom. And I think the the last part to mention here as we relate to grip weights is going to be putter grips. So we'll talk about putter grips and segue here in just a second. But be very, very wary of those oversized putter grips. I know that they may not be as in fashion as they were a little while ago. And uh, people were kind of going nuts with them and making them gigantic. But be very wary of oversized putter grips because, again, if you have your standard putter grip that comes with the thing, it's designed to be 50 or 60 grams, and then you put a you know, 150-gram grip on there or 100 grams or however heavy some of these things are from time to time, um, 
be very careful because your putter head all of a sudden is going to have like no head weight to it and it's going to feel terrible probably. So, uh, you know, it might've just saved you eight bucks or whatever in the process of taking that thing and ripping it and off and putting it back on. So, um, be very wary of oversized putter grips as they will lighten the feel of the club head of your putter. So a quick segue into putter grips. So putter grips are the only grips that are allowed to not have completely round and cylindrical shapes. Uh, Putter grips are allowed to have a flat on one side of the grip to help you align your hands. And I think this is really just something that was like grandfathered in from the past. Uh, A lot of putter grips originally, like if you have like a hickory putter, will have just a circular grip and you can totally do that too if you want. But uh, over time... Uh, the flat guy won out. And so now putter grips are the only grips that are allowed to not have a fully circular and round grip. Cool. So some grip material here, a little 411 on grip material. Generally, grips are made with three different materials. You'll have uh, a real leather, and then you'll have the pleather, the synthetic leather, and then rubber or some combination or compound of rubber, um, you know, mix and match and to create different feels and stuff like that. Actually, one of the most popular grips is this grip from Golf Pride called the MCC, which means multi-compound. And that grip actually has a couple different types of rubber in it, but it is still rubber. So I would say that maybe 95% or 99% of the grips you're going to find are going to be synthetic leather, real leather, or some form of rubber. I'm not really sure. There may be a, well, no, that would actually be leather too. I was going to say, if someone has a hickory shafted club, uh, well, they used to use leather there too. So, um, yeah, so that is generally speaking what you're going to have in terms of a material on the grips. Uh, each one of them has their own pros and cons, but typically leather is a little bit softer and not as dense and heavy as what rubber is, but rubber is typically more flexible in its design and it will typically be more durable, especially if leather, like real leather, if it gets wet, it is not going to hold up super well where, uh, you know, the rubber that is used on a golf grip is sort of like a tire, you know, and it is uh, made to hang, uh, hold on to that kind of stuff and, and uh, repel it. So that leads me over into grip texture. So sort of just like a car tire, texture is put into grips in order to help the performance of it in case of uh inclement conditions or unfavorable conditions. So sort of think of a tread on a tire as the same as the texture or the pattern that is put into a golf grip. In addition to making it maybe a little bit more tacky or giving you some more surface area to grip your hands on the club, the texture assists in like wicking away whatever moisture or sweat or whatever is on your hands and allows you a better uh, straight contact to the rubber grip. And so uh, you'll see all different kinds of patterns and different shapes and sizes in order to accomplish it. But generally speaking, that is what the texture 
is for. It is to wick away whatever that junk is on your hands if your hands aren't dry and to assist you in having a more secure grip. So in addition to those different patterns, there is also something that is put into grips, which is called cord. And cord is essentially like a string, basically. I'm pretty sure it's like string. And they basically weave it into the rubber as it is, you know, formulated. And that string like sticks out just a little bit. And it does the same thing as the texture does. And it just gives one added little bit to soak up whatever moisture is there and to uh, just give you a better overall grip. I will say though that in addition to providing a better grip, corded grips are going to be a lot firmer typically and they are going to chew your hands up a little bit more. So it's a little bit of a sacrifice there. If you want a really, really good grip, you don't want to have to lose your club uh, you might have to chew your hands up there and give yourself some some golf battle scars, if you will. So, um, the only other thing with uh, grip texture that is worth noting is the wrap texture. So again, uh, golf grips originated with leather, I believe, and they would basically just take a strip of leather and they would start on the bottom or the top or it doesn't matter where, and they would literally just wrap it in a circle or in a spiral and they would move down or along the golf shaft. And so as an homage to that, they still make that same sort of wrap texture, whether it is uh, rubber or synthetic leather, they kind of make both. I know they make both. Uh, so you will see that type of a texture as well. Um, I'm not sure if there is really much of a performance difference or not. Again, grip is uh, very preferential. Uh, but that does exist. So cord and wraps, and then you've got your sort of car tire and continuous pattern of texture. In addition to the texture, almost every grip tapers. So as you look at the butt cap, the butt cap is going to be the largest diameter, and then it will literally taper down and get smaller. Not only is the thickness of the grip itself going to get smaller, um, but the the overall diameter of the grip is going to shrink as well. So from the butt cap to the end, uh, you are going to have some level of taper. And while you can do some other stuff to remove the taper that we'll get to in a second with grip tape, uh, there is actually some uh, grips that are made to not taper as much as others. So that is maybe something to pay attention to. Uh, the most notable one is going to be called a plus four. So they make it on a bunch of their different models, but uh, Golf Pride is probably the most notable sort of non-tapering grip. And, you know, the MCC is a model, but they make a plus four version of that, which doesn't taper as much. So if you see plus four, it essentially is saying that the bottom part of it doesn't taper as much as it would normally. And so as I alluded to with the grip tape as well, so double-sided sticky tape is what is used to adhere a golf grip to the shaft. And it's really mostly friction that sticks it on there, but golf uh, double-sided tape is what is used to hold the golf grip on there as well. 
and you can do all kinds of craziness with the grip tape in order to get the thing to feel the way that you want it to or to be the right size that you want it to. So in addition to the different sizes, you can also use uh, grip tape in order to build up the, the thickness of the grip and to create whatever you want to create. So as I was alluding to with the taper, you can actually put more tape on the bottom hand of the grip in order to make it not taper. So if you really wanted to, you can make any grip a non-tapering golf grip as long as you have the time and the patience to do so because uh, that requires a lot of work to tape uh, a whole set of golf clubs that way. So uh, typically what you will use is one side of double-sided tape and then you'll put the grip on. That is the very standard way of doing it. And again, like 70% of golf clubs that are out there probably have standard on them. Uh, and you will almost never find a stock golf club that you'll buy off the rack that doesn't have a standard size grip on it and it only has one piece of double-sided tape on it. But so if you want to do some addition, uh, typically you will use just masking tape that is only sticky on one side in order to build it up, although there is no written rule or anything that says that you do that. Uh, but typically that is what is done rather than double-sided tape on both sides. And I think the only other thing here that is worth noting is that if you add four wraps of tape as you build this thing up, that will typically increase the grip size by one. So if you have a standard and you put on one wrap of tape, that's going to create a standard. But if you put on a standard and you use four wraps of tape rather than just one, then that will typically give you about a mid-size equivalent. So keep that in mind. And people will also do some crazy stuff with the grips in addition to making them non-taper. You know, they'll put um, some grip uh, tape on one side more than another or they will create their own rib like I was sort of referring to before or they'll make the uh, top a lot thicker than the bottom or they'll you know do whatever combination so typically you'll hear that it's sort of denoted as like you know top hand three bottom hand six and that's basically just sort of saying like hey how many wraps of tape are you or uh, like the grip uh, I was mentioning to uh, before with the non-taper, uh, you'll also hear just like plus three or, you know, one plus two. So that would basically just be three wraps of tape. So you've got your one that's a base plus two extra is kind of what that means. So um, again, grip tape is like super preferential and grip size is super preferential. So if you really want to go crazy with it, you can tape that thing up as much as you want and do whatever you want with it because it really probably won't make much of a difference. It will have a little bit of an impact in the overall weight as you keep adding more tape, uh, but tape's pretty light relative to everything else, so it doesn't make a huge difference. That also uh, leads me quite nicely to our next point here, which is counterbalanced grips. So again, that swing weight conversation, uh, to me, that is what is going to have the largest impact on performance when you're talking about grips is going to be the swing weight of this thing or how heavy the physical grip is and how it creates a balance with the club. And so you can also have counterbalanced grips. And so that is like literally 
uh, a grip that is made with like a special piece on the end of it where you can put like a brass plug or a steel plug, like a little, like, like a actual weight, not like grip or tape or anything. And it fits in the back of the grip in order to counterbalance the, you know, the other end and make the head feel a little bit lighter. And so whether that is because the, uh, club is overly long or the head is overly heavy it doesn't really matter but just know that that exists so i think actually like sergio garcia if you look up what he plays he's probably the most famous like counterbalance grip he might not even do it anymore but i know that he did for a while so uh kind of interesting basically no one ever does it unless the clubs are like super long and they get really heavy you might want to counterbalance then um, but typically there is no reason for it. Okay. So to wrap us up here in this lightning episode or what is lightning to me, um, we are going to talk about grip core sizes. So this is even something that I myself had to do a little bit of research on before I got into this, uh, pretty misunderstood. And to be honest, it's really not talked about very much either. And ultimately, uh, it's probably not super important, but it is going to raise your expert golf knowledge uh, by plus three, if you know what this is. Because again, I work with golf equipment every day, and I don't even pay attention to this. And I had to research it for myself. So if you know what grip core sizes are, then you're going to have a leg up. So again, grip core sizes, what are they? So grip core is the measured inner diameter of a grip. So it's basically just a measurement in inches, and it tells you what the inner diameter of the grip is. Not the exterior or anything else like that. It's just the inner diameter. And the most common ones are 0.600 or 0.580 in inches, again. So 60 or a 580 or a 58. You can also say it however you want, but that's typically how they're referred to. Um, typically 600 is the most common from what I've seen. Um, and you will be very hard pressed to find, uh, what the actual core size of your grip is, unless it is something specialized, it is probably going to be referred to then. Like if you have an undersized grip, the core size is probably smaller. If you have an oversized grip, the uh, grip is probably a little bit larger. And the significance of this is if you are trying to put a junior grip on the end of a, you know, regulation club that has, you know, a 0.605 inch butt diameter of a shaft or something like that, and the junior grip is like 0.56 inches, uh, the core is, you're going to maybe have a hard time putting it on there. And of course, if you did that and you put the grip on there, then you're going to make the grip larger than it was before. So that's the other thing to pay attention to is that if you mismatch the grip core size to the butt diameter of the shaft, whatever you put on there, it is going to adapt to the butt size of the grip and it is going to enlarge itself. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine why that would happen, um, but that is what happens. So again, not super important, but just remember that most common is 0.600 or 0.60 and 580. And those are the most common ones there, but as you change in size, 
most likely the grip core size will change as well because you've got to have at least somewhat of a consistent thickness of the grip so it doesn't wear out. All right, cool. So that is it for us for grips today. Grips are pretty simple and overall, in my opinion, not worth spending a ton of time on. Find something that you like. Find something that makes sure that the club doesn't fly out of your hands. Maybe it's got some cool colors. Maybe it's got a rib. Try flipping it upside down or whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, mentally, as long as it makes you play well, great. So again, just to recap what we covered today, uh, different grip sizes. What is the butt cap? That's the end of the grip. Uh, different sizes, rib grips, grip weights, putter grips, all that different good stuff. I will leave some detailed show notes. So if you want to read that over, go ahead and do that. And as I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, next time I believe we are going to do some intro to club fitting. And again, it's going to be sort of high level like this so I can educate you on uh, club fitting and what to look for and what is important. Because as we keep talking about this complicated stuff, I'm going to start talking about launch angles and spin rates and descent angles and ball speeds and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's going to make it kind of hard. So again, building that foundation for next time, but we are probably going to get into some basics of club fitting next time. So look forward to that. That should be coming out here maybe in the next couple days as well. So thank you very much for listening. In the future, you can check out the podcast on my website, vanquishgolfworks.com, Spotify, uh, working on putting it on Apple Podcasts, and it's also on Anchor and Google. And if you have a review or you want to be a host or a guest host on the website, or you just have a question or you have something that you want me to do an episode on in the future, let me know. That would be great. And if you like the podcast, share it with someone, let them know you think it's awesome. And you can also do that by subscribing or liking or whatever the platform allows you to do. That's going to help me know that I'm doing a good job and help me improve the podcast in the future. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a great deal of fun. This has been signing off from the In the Weeds Golf Podcast. Catch you next time.